1: And the thing that fascinates me about Hollywood, and you can do your research on this, women are not allowed to be big, big, sexy movie stars after they give birth. They're really just not allowed. That just doesn't happen. thats And women who adopt a baby can still be big, sexy movie stars, but you cannot push a baby through your vagina and be a movie star. It's the weirdest thing. Like, what is that? Does our did our face change? Did, and I saw this. I knew this. I knew this was going to happen to me. So I went to TV. I knew it when I gave birth. I knew I knew when I gave birth to to Madeline that I would not be a movie star. I did one or two like supporting roles. But I was a movie star and no more. So I went to TV. It's the weirdest thing. Check it out. There's very few exceptions.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. Very excited about today with my guest, Leah Thompson, and we are going to have a great time. This is somebody who has a 40-year career in this business, which is actually shocking because she looks like she's 38, but I believe her. The evidence exists all over the world. This person has been in some of the biggest movies in the universe. Director, actress, producer, mom, mentor, and so much more. Before I get started on the podcast, as always, I want to thank you guys so much. What more can I say? You guys have done it all. Without you, the show is nothing, nothing whatsoever. I can guarantee you that. I'm just so grateful. Thank you for all the messages you send me. FedExes, tweets, instant messages, direct messages, you name it. You can always reach me at Barry Katz at Twitter and Instagram or at BarryKatz.com. Going back to Montreal, very excited about that. And if you want to get tickets to a live podcast, uh, we've done some great ones in the past. We did the president of Comedy Central, Kent Alterman. We did Howie Mandel a couple of years ago. And this year we're going to have a really great special guest. And we're there on Friday, July 27th at 1.30 at the Hyatt Regency. Tickets are only 20 bucks. Going to be a great guest. Come by if you're in the area. Love to see you. Sit down and talk with you. And without further ado, I'd love to introduce my guest and get right into part one of two episodes with Leah Thompson. So here it goes Leah Thompson has accomplished a 40 year career in the arts that encompasses film, television, and theater. She's best known as Michael J. Fox's mom in the Steven Spielberg Back to the Future one, two, and three as the title character in the syndicated series Caroline the City, for which she won TV Guide and People's Choice Awards, and her role as Catherine in five seasons of the groundbreaking Peabody Award-winning series Switched at Birth. Besides her recent work on Who We Are Now, Little Women, Netflix's Sierra Burgess is a Loser, and recently filmed Lee Daniels' pilot for the Fox network, Leah is also known as an accomplished director doing many of the greatest television shows we watch today, including Switched at Birth, ABC's American Housewife, CBS award-winning show Mom, and ABC's The Goldbergs 100th episode. She was first featured in Jaws 3D with Dennis Quaid, followed by a starring role opposite Tom Cruise in All the Right Moves and Red Dawn. Other memorable films followed, including Dennis the Menace, The Beverly Hillbillies, Little Rascals, Splinterheads with Thomas Middleditch, Left Behind as Nicolas Cage's Wife, Thin Ice with Greg Kinnear, Ping Pong Summer with Susan Sarandon, and Clint Eastwood's J. Edgar. Most recently, I know she's most proud of her feature film directorial debut, The Year of Spectacular Men starring her two daughters, Madeline and Zoe Deutsch. And along with starring this family project, her daughter Madeline also wrote and scored the film. The film is set to premiere on June 15th of this month in select cities and was an official selection of the 2017 LA Film Festival, along with many other festivals. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest today. What an incredible honor. Ladies and gentlemen, The youthful, beautiful, and charismatic Leah Thompson. I
1: like that intro. Thank you so
0: much. (laughs) You are welcome. Wow. I know you work with Mary Tyler Moore, who I loved on television, but there was one role that she played that I thought that it was one of the greatest performances I'd ever seen anybody play in movies at that point of 1980, and that was in Ordinary People, where she played the mother of the two sons. You got the mom, you got the dad, the dad doesn't know how to handle the mom, the mom doesn't know how to handle the dad. You have the two children that are around the same age, one's a certain way and one's trying to think, am I gonna be there, am I gonna do this? You have a family of people who are all incredibly talented. They all have their own lanes, but they're all in this crazy business. Mm-hmm. And this business, as you know, is cyclical. Mm-hmm. And there's the highest highs, there's the lowest lows. But it normally happens to individuals who have to digest it on their own. Mm. You're sitting at the dinner table with Mm. your husband, Howie, Mm -hmm. who's a great director, and your two daughters, Mm -hmm. Zoe and Madeline. Occasionally, there's these times when you're together. So how did the family deal with those issues together as a group? Because I don't know of any other... Total nuclear family that is all striving to do extraordinary things in the business. How did you and Howie and Zoe, Madeline, handle those types of situations?
1: It's a really interesting question, and it's a really, really strange household. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we spent a lot of time together, Howie and I, and Maddie and Zoe, and um, we, uh, our workaholics, we're all workaholics, so we uh love to work, we love to talk about work. And you know, I guess it would be the same if you were running a steel company together or you know, or anything like that, if it was a family business. But you're right, there's a lot of ups and downs, there's a lot of artistic ups and downs, and we're all business people and artists at the same time. And I, you know, it does work. But it's really hard sometimes it's hard for me to know like my daughter's always stars in a lot of movies and she's got a very big career and I can honestly say to her like almost anything you're going through, I've been through something like that, you know any kind of experience that you're having i've I can relate to on some level which is a wonderful gift to be able to give to a child but also it's really difficult because I I know how she feels and I know the pitfalls even though she's a completely different person from me and um I it, it is it it is really hard to know to really understand a lot because from the outside world like success is just kind of equated with happiness like oh gee everybody wants to be you know, a movie star, and everybody wants to be on the Today Show, and everybody wants to uh, be at their premiere, but I know that always those things are fraught with more insecurity and more doubt than, than happiness, and like, gee, this is so great. There's always something bad that happens, or some weird friction, or, you know, there's always some insecurity and you know that doesn't make you happy success doesn't make you happy and i know that and you know that and, you know and so it's good i feel uniquely situated to be the mother of people that are artists in hollywood because i've been through it and i've lived through it and i've i've kind of i've created a, a relatively happy and successful life you know, outside of all that. So I feel uniquely, but it is a strange situation. It it really, if there was a camera in our house, it would be, I mean, we laugh a lot and we, we, you know, try to help each other through things. But when you're, when, when you are high powered people and you're nervous, you're not necessarily the best part of you. So that happens a lot at our house (laughs) where we're, you know, someone's nervous about something and, and they kind of take it out on each other, you know. But I try to be there for that and to be, to be um, a friend. And now, what's really interesting is like, Maddie is got a movie that she's got producers for that she wants. To, she wrote, and so I immediately, since I've already directed one of her movies, I was like, I want to direct that. And then my husband was like, Well, no, I want to direct that. And she's like, No, I want to direct that. <laughs> so we could have. Three people in the same family directing movies at the same time, which I don't know if that's ever happened before. Well, that was
0: the next question I wanted to ask you, because Mm -hmm. you got this great movie that you sent me, and I'm so honored that you let me see it. Incredible. The Year of Spectacular Men. And it was written by your daughter, Madeline, and she also did the score. You directed it and produced it as well as your husband. But I thought it kind of interesting in the fact that that's another one of the weird things. If I'm Madeline, I'm inspired to write this movie. Most likely, I believe the story is that you were more inspiring and pushing her towards writing it than maybe Howie was. But there's some point in time where she might have the germ of the idea that I'm going to do something in this business someday and I'm going to have somebody direct it. And then she's got to think to herself, oh. You and I'm going to have mom directed or because I know she always wants to direct that first thing. I'm going to have dad directed. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a conflict.
1: No, no, because I inspired her to to write the the movie. You know, she's Madeline is the only content creator at this point in my family. So Howie and I kind of just do I act when some, you know, or direct stuff that people have already written. But. Maddie's the only content, and she's always been a content creator. She's always written songs and written really personal songs. And, you know, that's the real thing about writing is that you you, you have to, like, a song about this guy who broke your heart, and then you have to go out and perform it. And that guy might be in the audience, you know. You have to really bear, you have to be willing to let people see your secrets, you know, and in a way, that's much more out in the open than acting. Like, you can always pretend you're just doing a character. that You're not really crying. Your heart's broken or, you know, whatever. But you, you can kind of hide behind your characters. But when you're a writer, you have to be so out front. And, and Maddie did that, you know, like, she could do that. She had the courage to do that. And so when she had this terrible year and she got done with college and her music degree and all of that and kind of decided she didn't want to be a jazz musician... Or a musician at all, like she just didn't have it in her to drag that equipment around and beg people to come to see her gigs. she just didn't have it, so I said you sh- you gotta write about this all these hilarious, horrible experiences you've had like and and um you know, and she did like she did, and then it just became like, I'll direct this, and I really want you to star in it, and I really want your music in it and um and she said yes. Uh, but, you know, there's these horrible, these, like, super crazy love scenes that uh, in are in the movie that that was a little uncomfortable for me to have to direct and face that about her, you know, that she was a full-on woman and that, you know, we were just two artists working together. It was really, it was an interesting journey.
0: As you can tell, looking in my eyes, I cried during this movie. I don't know if this is what uh, she would want to hear. I hope she'd want to hear it, but madeline is amazing i mean my feeling was after seeing that film that her life is going to change forever from that that movie is seen by the people in this town uh get a helmet because she's going to probably have the kind of things that Maybe she did dream of. You just said something earlier. She's the only content creator in the house. Mm -hmm. I would love to remind everyone in the audience that if you can create your own things, Mm -hmm. write your own things, Mm -hmm. help produce your own things, act in your own things, you're going to be much bigger and much more wildly successful if things hit than the people who just read other people's lines. Mm-hmm. That's the way the world works. And I think she's on a path to something really great.
1: Coming um, from you, that's, I can't wait to tell her that because she's, you know, both of my girls have really had to struggle. Like, it seems like, Oh gee, they're born into this kind of thing. we in Hollywood, but Maddie's had to really struggle. And, um, and she had the opportunity at the end to write the last two songs after the movie was wrapped. So she got to continue to kind of write on top of writing. And Maddie, had a, she has a really strong sense of what she wanted. There were things that we had to kind of fight about a lot, you know. Tell
0: me something that was the biggest fight you had creatively with her and who won.
1: The biggest fight I had creative with, creatively with me is she didn't want her lead character to be a writer. But that was the real story. And, and it's, it's so subtly kind of put in there, like she's just carrying a notebook, you know. And that last scene, I made her write that last, the scene where they're laying on the, the um, sidewalk together mm-hmm. talking.
0: Fantastic. Looking up at the blossoms on the trees, which earlier, as a director, and you and Maddie used, like, the knife in a horror film on the countertop, <laughs> There's the buds that weren't bloomed yet, and the line I believe was is that they're fighting for life, mm. and then later on when they're lying on the sidewalk, of course, they're in full bloom. So very symbolic.
1: And there were poor PAs tying those things on in San Francisco in some house, like literally tying on buds on a tree. Um, boy, yeah. So she didn't want her to be a writer. And I wanted her to be a writer because that was the truth of the story. Like, Maddie had this terrible year, and she turned it into a movie. And I wanted that to be the message of the movie. Like, you can take a terrible thing and make something beautiful out of it or make something that makes you feel better out of it, you know. And that's that's the, you know, the superpower of an artist, you know. You can take things that, that you can take life and and make it, make it transform it into something that other people can relate to and learn from and laugh about or cry about or feel about and you know so that's why i i i was like it's the true story you took this horrible thing and she took this difficult thing too where she left to go to college and she came back and her sister was a movie star like how do you deal with that like your little sister comes back you come back from college you don't have anything you don't know what to do with your life and your sister's a movie star so she took that true story and she put it into the movie too. Like, how do I deal with that? Like, what, 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 what is that thing that happens when the world changes all around you? And so I just really wanted. So that was our biggest fight, and she really resisted. Like I had to like whittle away at making her a writer, and um, and uh, but I, so I won. <laughs> and you like the writing, so that's good. I mean, it it also helped. Because the character was, you know, you got to feel her inner monologue that because she seems kind of outwardly kind of ditzy and, like, can't make the right decision. But inside, inside, there's a lot going on. And I wanted to, I wanted to, I feel that way about a lot of people.
0: Hey, everybody. I'm excited to introduce a new award-winning groundbreaking product to all of you. And I'm talking about Boku Superfoods. These are the highest quality, most nutrient dense superfood formulations on the planet and the healthiest thing a person could ever consume. They're filled with the most powerfully nutritious and healthiest parts of the plants, vegetables, roots and fruits that are doctor formulated into a blend of naturally healthy, easily digestible proteins that are certified organic, kosher and vegan with no soy, no dairy, whey, or fillers of any kind. All you have to do is go to BokuSuperfoods.com. That's B-O-K-U Superfoods.com. Type in the promo code Barry. Check out all their products, and you'll get 20% off everything, which you can't find in any store in the world. I'm telling you, I use these products. They're the highest quality. They're vine-ripened, harvested fresh, dried at low temperatures, and then gently powdered. These extraordinary powders are then blended into delicious concentrates that, when reintroduced to liquid, unleash the strongest levels of healing nutrition for your body that you will ever experience. So check out the entire range of organic Boku superfood products at BokuSuperfoods.com. Promo code Barry and save 20% off store-wide. Look your best, feel your best, and flood your body with a tidal wave of nature's most potent organic superfoods. There is no other choice. As an actor, you work with some of the greatest directors in the world. You walk on the set and the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you're like, I can't wait to get back to my fucking trailer (laughs) and close the door. And there's ones where you can't wait to get out of the trailer and onto the set. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you wanted to create a vibe similar to a vibe that you'd experienced in the past. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to know a film that you did or any project you did where you felt it was the closest to that vibe. And tell me, when you see how you directed on the set, which director that you worked with all through your career? Would you say I kind of channeled a little bit of them in with me? Well,
1: it's a difficult situation to make a really little movie like this. Like you don't have the backups, so it's it, it. You don't have. I mean, we had a lovely art director, but like they had like no money, and we had no sets, and so you know every set we came onto was like all hands on deck, like removing, you know what I mean? Like there was, I had a car full of props and, you know, so that was difficult because every new set was like me actually lifting boxes and uh, running around changing the sets. Because you saw the movie, the sets are really beautiful. Like all, everything is very rich and art directed, but we had no money. So that was difficult. But my I was always so inspired by um, by Bob Zemeckis because he really liked to pack in a lot into um, every frame. You know, the way visually he liked to pack in a lot of information into every frame. And I had made the strange decision to shoot this movie like Annie Hall. Like that was my inspiration. Like I wanted it to look like one of those great movies in the late 70s and the early 80s where – the, there was a lot of a lot of um, respect given f- photographically. I mean, it would have been a whole different movie if I would have shot it the way most independent movies are, with kind of like two handheld cameras, kind of wiggling around. But I specifically wanted it to be very um, like a proscenium. I wanted it to be shot very. Um, balanced and equal and I wanted the colors to be a certain way and I don't know why so we use these anamorphic lenses which were lovely because they it never looked like TV and so and I had this wonderful DP um, and, and Brian Koss and he was you know he hasn't done that many movies like we were just kind of inventing things the way that that we could because we just really didn't have any money so but I did I was inspired by the way Bob Zemeckis is, is so smart about where he frames things And also inspired by my husband, who whose main always his thing is actors, just like creating an environment for him, uh, for the actors to create uh, and having giving them the respect that they kind of like never get anymore, Um, because he rightly knows that that's really what people are looking at acting like. But somehow Hollywood's lost that concept of of that that's the, really the most important thing is to create that kind of environment and give them that kind of power. So that's what I tried to do. And I made a movie uh, about four or five years ago called uh, The Trouble with the Truth, which is this incredible movie. Uh, I love this movie. And it's just two people talking. And uh, Jimmy Hempel was the director, and he's just a wonderful cinephile. And a really, he wrote this crazy script just about this, this divorced couple talking. Um, and it's it keeps you on the edge of the seat. You know, you get so involved in these characters that it's almost like a thriller. You're like, what's going to happen? Are they going to end up in bed together? It's like becomes that important. So I, I, those are my kind of three weird inspirational directors.
0: Being somebody who doesn't have the anatomy that you and your daughters have, and being a guy, I don't understand the fact that Maddie's had a shitty year because of guys, that just blows me away. Why would anyone give the power away to let people who they won't even remember a year from now, the power to affect them negatively, especially when I see somebody on screen like her and I'm like, Jesus, I mean, (laughs) you're so beautiful. And so I think, the pressure i realized from the film is is very much on women and relationships and how they make them work and the second chances they need to give sometimes when people like me fuck up and should they give people second chances
1: well i think i think what it is is that it's really hard for people to make connections and make um you know that there's like it's a disposable society so to make to make to make real connections with people is really difficult and I think that um, that's painful I think when you're really a deep person and you want to like really make a connection and you can't and and that the politics of you know dating right now is pretty difficult for everybody I think and that's 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 a problem because I think, you know, the truth is that we all want connection. We all want security and love and someone uh, to be there when we get home.
0: But I look at you, obviously, you're not married to somebody for close to 30 years because you don't have a connection. There has to be something happening. You can't hate each other in the last 30 years. No. <laughs> and so that's also the pressure on your two daughters because I always wonder to myself, which is more pressure? your parents are divorced you know if this doesn't work at least I know my parents didn't work or is it more pressure when you look and my parents been together for 30 years I don't make this relationship work I'm gonna be a failure but you and both of them that you have so much of the light now maybe Maddie doesn't feel that way about herself but I'm watching and I seeing somebody who has the light as well as zoe as well as yourself if you have charisma and you meet a guy and there's no connection bye bye let's find the next guy
1: i just was working I, I, there's a, a whole mess of incredible beautiful fantastic actresses i can't can't find a guy like i mean i'm i you know i think that it's a difficult time i think that that if that it's the People have to catch up with, like, really wanting to be with, like, really powerful, interesting, complicated women.
0: You go back to the time when you met Howie on the set of the John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. Back then, they wanted the same thing a lot of times that a woman wanted. Why do you think it's changed so much now?
1: It's a lot of creepiness going on, but—and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of—you go- know what? I think that's what's great about this movie. The whole ballet between people, you know, men and women or women and women or men, and, the whole thing is so fascinating. And it'll, love is never going to end. is never going to not be mysterious. And people having sex is never going to be not interested and interesting. It's just the the dance is fascinating. And, you know, I think we're all on the edges of our seats trying to figure it out. And I just appreciate that Maddie decided to tell her truth, like whatever she is like seeing. And they don't tell these stories. For some reason, women in their 20s, and I'm really thinking about this a lot, there's a lot, there's a couple mysteries about Hollywood that are fascinating to me. One is, women aren't interesting between 20 and 30. Like when they're the most fertile or something, do men just decide that they shouldn't be tell their stories like their stories aren't interesting at that point like that i don't understand they literally make nothing with women and they're like from 22 to 30 or you know what i mean they're virgins then they're like you know working girls looking for love but in the middle of that there's kind of nowhere and so Maddie felt really strongly that this story needed to be told by a woman who wrote it when she was 22. Like, she wrote this movie when she was 22. And there's, there's very little of that. There's, that's, for some reason, those stories aren't interesting to people. And so what are those women, wh- what stories did they get to watch? Like, nothing. they got to watch the 30-year-olds or the virgins. And that's one thing that fascinates me. And the other thing that fascinates me about Hollywood, and you can do your research on this, women are not allowed to be big, big, sexy movie stars after they give birth. They're really just not allowed. That just doesn't happen. That's, and women who adopt a baby can still be big, sexy movie stars, but you cannot push a baby through your vagina and be a movie star. It's the weirdest thing. Like, what is that? Does our did our face change? Did and I saw this. I knew this. I knew this was going to happen to me. So I went to TV. I knew it when I gave birth. I knew I knew when I gave birth to to Madeline that I would not be a movie star. I did one or two like supporting roles, but I was a movie star and no more. So I went to TV. It's the weirdest thing. Check it out. There's very few exceptions. So so these are really interesting things that I ponder and I try to deal with, but um. Anyway, I think that I think that the dance of of love and sex is fascinating and it becomes even more fascinating in these times because it's disposable. You know, there's always somebody better that you can swipe to.
0: I don't really think I've ever talked about this before, but for some reason... I want to talk to you about it because <laughs> you've been on every set you're married to a director is very successful and you have two children who are acting on sets who are very successful and with everything that's happening in the world these days with this me too movement mm-hmm. i always say and i'm a guy and i could be wrong that i don't know any woman in the world that i've ever met that hasn't had at least one of those moments where something happened and it was like, Did that just happen? Mm-hmm. And then other times where it was just so blatantly obvious that you don't even say to yourself, Did that just happen? You're just mm-hmm. like, That happened. Right. And so you've experienced it in your lifetime mm-hmm. and now you see your children coming up in the business. Mm-hmm. How do you have that talk? Or you don't have the talk. Uh,
1: You know, I don't think it's just Hollywood. You know, it really isn't Hollywood. And one thing that I just saw at this uh, kind of cool event that was called the United States of Women, this woman came up and she started talking about food service. And she said that, you know... Women, when you get paid $2 an hour, you learn right away in your first job at Applebee's or whatever that you have to endure any amount or even actually encourage any amount of sexual harassment in order to make a living. And then you move on to another job and you just take that with you. It was really tragic and really true. I was a waitress. I was first a ballet dancer, then I was a waitress. And I learned that. And um I carried it with me that that's just kind of something that was going to have to happen to me and I should just kind of tilt my head and giggle and slither away and try to get out of it. And my kids don't do that. They don't tilt their head. They don't like demure. And so, you know, sometimes that used to drive me crazy when I was trying to coach them as an actress. I'd be like, Yeah, it kind of tilt your head. Don't be so threatening. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? And, um, and it, so it's a kind of a generational thing. And, you know, it's about power. Like they always say rape is about power. It's about power and it's it's sad and it's a very complicated thing when you're an actress or you know this happens to a lot of actors with you know other men chasing them around and being really gross and you know so men aren't immune to this at all i don't i don't think there's that many women straight women that do this to to young men but um i It's gross. It's great that it's going to stop, but it also can go too far. Like, you know, there's someone brought up this really interesting thing that if you have a a position of power, if you are in the upper echelons, you're not allowed to flirt with the lower echelons. So then that's creating like this weird class system in in the movie business where only the fancy people can relate to each other and the lower people and and below the line. Can't talk to those. I mean, there's weird and unintended consequences to all kind of super politically correct things. Um, it's just like common sense. But I, I, I wish I, I would have spoken up. I mean, I do feel regretful that I wouldn't, that I didn't just say, "What the, are you doing?" Instead of I was like, <laughs> you know, "Oh, I'm got it. I gotta go." You know, I did. A lot of people took my power away from me. Um, and i and i lost parts because of that i mean i remember specifically i guess i shouldn't name names but i remember negotiating very specifically this audition with this person who was known to be you know just a serial kind of like whatever Um, and I negotiated, I'm going to be in the casting director's office. It's for a sexy part and I have to dress sexy. And so I'm going to go to the casting director's office. I'm going to read the part. I show up at the casting director's office and they say, oh no, no, no. Mr. So-and-so is at home and he sent a car for you. And then I'm like, oh, all right. I've prepared the thing. I get there. There's nobody in the house. There's no casting director. And of course he goes, you don't need to read the lines. Well, nothing happened except for then as the, as he sat closer to me in the couch, I couldn't be powerful. That was the, the character was supposed to be powerful and strong and I couldn't be powerful. I had to be like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to go. And so that was just gross. Like I lost the part. I didn't really get a chance and I tried really hard. And I didn't know, I, I wasn't the kind of person that could go, what the fuck is going on here? I said this, I said that. I wasn't, that wasn't the person I was. So that's just like a gross symbol of like what happened to me. And I feel bad that I gave away my power. I was forced to give away my power maybe, but I wish I would have just at least said like, what the fuck? God. And that happened to me more than once.
0: Hey everybody, let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it, because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey everybody, I know I've talked a lot on this show about AquaTrue, the countertop water purification system that's literally a miniature water cooler purifier that's on your counter. It's only about maybe 10 to 12 inches high and maybe 10 to 12 inches wide in this triangle. It's this amazingly efficient piece of equipment that sits right on your counter it has a nice pitcher it has a press button where the water comes out and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies you just put your tap water in there and it purifies it takes out all the bad chemicals everything out and gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine that would cost you hundreds and hundreds even thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store where the plastic containers hurt the environment it's just so much easier so much better and this product is amazing i have one everyone who comes over everyone who uses it They order one and you should too, I'm telling you, it's incredible. And if you act now, you can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code Barry, that's B-A-R-R-Y, and you'll immediately get the huge discount and start enjoying the best and most cost effective water you've ever had industrystandardwater.com promo code Barry, and you'll never ever waste another dollar buying another bottle of water for your home again i interviewed katherine oxenberg and when she was at the height of a dynasty she told me that she lost three different Mm -hmm. roles because she was asked to audition at the director's house Mm -hmm. and she got there and it was just him, and whether it was in his bathrobe or whatever, and she said that that became something that she just expected after a while. She was looking forward to the first time where she would actually get a role. Every instance, in a sense, where the person wanted to sleep with her, she never got the role.
1: Well, the the th- three instances that this kind of thing happened to me, that not only did the girl get—the girl that got the role became that person's girlfriend— so they were actually, they weren't that sleazy. I guess they were shopping for a girlfriend. <laughs> I just didn't want to be their girlfriend. <laughs> but, in, and, and in, 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 you know, uh, and I get it, you know, that it's a complicated situation because you are a director or a producer and you're trying to find who you think is sexy to give, to make the part of who is sexy. And... Uh, so it gets really complicated that way, you know. Um, and I get it. I get it. It's a very, it's a, and it's also a very weird, passionate experience working. But it's not just the entertainment industry. It's like any industry where you're like in together all the time. Um, it just gets really complicated. But people need to be have common sense and not like wield their power. Oh. I wouldn't want to sleep with someone who was sleeping with me just to get a job. I, I personally. My ego is too big. I don't understand why you think so little of yourself and your prowess and, your you know, that you think that you have to, you know, trick someone into sleeping with you. It's gross.
0: Tim Robbins told me outside of the actors gang, I asked him the question. I said, how do you go into these movies? You have a relationship with Susan Sarandon that's lasted the test of time. This is 10 years ago. I said, but you go in these movie sets and you have to have a relationship with a woman in the movie for six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks. You have to be married to them or their girlfriend or their, your love interest. And he said, Barry, well, it's very hard because I have to fall in love with that person. If I'm going to be the greatest actor or that I can be on the set, if I don't fall in love with my lead actress, then I'm never going to be as good as I'm supposed to be. And then I got to go home to Susan afterwards and i have to be in love with her too i have to essentially be in love with two people at the same time when i'm shooting and it's very conflicting but if you want to be the best you can be in our profession you have to just give your mind to it when you're there and when you're done just Mm. have the ability to shut off Do do you agree with that
1: uh yeah i guess you know i think that kind of thing it comes more naturally to women because we, we naturally have to, like, I'm playing a mass murderer. I can't go home to my baby and still be in character. I mean, I've always been impressed with people who could turn it off and turn it on. Most of the time, it's women that are great at that.
0: Do you think Zoe in your movie had to convince herself that she was in love with that lead actor?
1: With Avon? Yeah. No, because they were together at the time. Yeah. Um, he, yes, they had a, they had a very long and complicated relationship. And so, but I, you know, I fall in love. That's an interesting thing about directing is I fall madly in love with all the actors that are good on my <laughs> show. On any show I'm doing, I'm always like, I fall madly in love with them all. And, um, and it's such an intense experience, like you know, doing this is – that we're doing right now is a lot like acting. It's that you're, like, really connecting with someone, like, deeply, and you don't know them. And it's uh, so awesome. And I think there's other professions like that, like people who are doctors, um, you know, when they're with someone when a really intense experience. When they're dying or giving birth or something, you're, like, having these really intense experiences with, with, with people that are – transcend the usual, hi, how are you, like, cocktail party thing. And it's such a thing to get really addicted to. It's, like, so great to, like, really get to see people, their real spirit, and not have to deal with a lot of the other stuff and the the kind of um, artifice that we put up all the time between each other, the ways we protect ourselves. When you act with somebody, you don't even know them. You just, boom, you just have to just throw them away and just be with them. And it's really profound, and it's a little bit like falling in love. It really is. But it, you know, there's, it's a really interesting experience, you know. I mean, one time I did this little tiny movie, and in the movie, there's, I have, I'm married and I have a lover. So I, uh, I go to, I go to my, go to the set and shoot for that day. And half the day, I'm supposed to be with my lover that I've never met before. And it's at the Sportsman's Lodge. I go in the Sportsman's Lodge, I change, Out of my clothes, into underwear. Never met this guy in my life. And he is an actor that's an identical twin. They look exactly alike. He and his identical twin brother. And I I find this out. So anyway, I just spent half a day rolling around in bed with a complete stranger while they film it. And, uh, And that's just weird. You know, your body's like... There's a man kissing my neck, and he's cute. And my body's like going, what's happening? And my mind's going like, action. Okay, okay. Now roll over to this. But my body's like, ah. And so then about, and I don't remember shit ever. So I can't, like right now, I don't remember this guy's name, and I should. Sorry, I don't remember the name of the movie. So about four months later, he walks up to me, and I look at him, and I'm like, hmm. And and then he goes, You worked with my brother. And I go, Oh, and it's just like cute, like nothing like hi meeting a person. And then six months later, the guy the guy I did the love scene with walks up to me. I don't remember who he is or anything, and my whole body goes like this. My whole body goes like, wait, what happened with us? And I don't remember who he is. So my point is, is that I could smell that I had made out with this crazy guy. I could feel that I had made out with him, but not feel his exact brother, his brother that looked exactly like him. So it was something like chemical that remembered that I had made out with this guy. It was really interesting. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. It's a weird thing because your body is like, I'm making out with this guy. And your mind's going, this is fake. And it can get really confusing, especially if you start adding drugs and alcohol and all that stuff into it. So it makes for a really interesting mix. But I uh, I still, you know, there's there's just like, okay, wait, I have kids. I have a family. I have my husband. It's really, this is not and real.
0: And when you go back home after that 12-hour day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is it talked about?
1: Uh, Maybe. I mean, my husband met me acting, so he knows what I do, like— you know, and now I'm, you know... But I actually still get... I still have to make out with people. It's really weird. You know, you just have to be sane about it. Because it can be easy to, fake, you know, fall in bed with people and stuff like that. But it's not very good for home life. But I don't feel like I have to fall... I, I have to fall in love with someone on the set in order to be a good actor. If I don't have to act, I'd appreciate not acting. Like, if the door is supposed to be locked, can you please lock the door? I'd rather not act if I don't have to, but... I can I can be in love with someone's spirit and not not have to be in love with them. I remember this
0: great line I forget who said it, but you know it had to do with some love scene he was doing with an actress, a close-set love scene. And he looked at her and they went off to the side and he said, "Listen before you do this, I just want to tell you something." And she said, "What is it?" He said, don't get offended if I get excited, <laughs> and don't get offended if I don't.
1: That is really the mo- the sweetest and best thing. Because, yes, I've heard that, too, from several different people.
0: I just want to take a minute to share another groundbreaking, environmentally sound product with you. It's an unbelievable, revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates and it'll make your life so much better. It's like no other product you'll ever find in the world. And I'm talking about the air doctor. As you know, air inside our homes can be up to a 100 times more polluted than the air outside. And until now, the only thing that could get rid of all these things in your house that were damaging to you and your family were systems that cost thousands and thousands of dollars. That's why I wanted to talk to you about the Air Doctor and share it with you. It removes everything, dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and so many other contaminants that circulate through your home, that cover your walls, floors, and furniture. You can get the Air Doctor right now. It's normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for you guys, for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300 off the Amazon price. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, B A R R Y and get rid of all the bad toxins in your house. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code Barry. I have one of these, I'm telling you, it works, it really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. It's truly incredible. It works for me and it'll work for you. As a director, what's the difference when you're on a set and there's that one actor who is just the darkness? Everything they say, it's like a text that's interpreted wrong, but they're verbalizing it. Everything they do, you just say to yourself in your mind, Who the fuck do you think you are? But, you know, as an actress, let's say on a sitcom or you're doing, or in a movie, somebody like that versus being the director and having an actor that you have to deal with the same situation is there a difference in how you handle things and how you are like as an actress do you just have to just ignore it and as a director do you have to take the first and the side and trailer and say hey look i don't know how to tell you this but you're being a dick so you either change the way you are or we're going to have to get somebody else.
1: When you're a director, it's much more difficult because you're you're dead. Like if someone's messing with your time, like you're dead. Like you have to be – it's all about the time. So when someone's being really obnoxious, it makes you crazy because you're going to lose your shot. You're going to lose your cam. you know, like the whole thing. It's like life and death and it, you just really want to kill them when they're misbehaving or taking their time or not getting out or – you know not not getting out of their thing so um you're much you're you're you know you're really held hostage you know as an actor you could kind of be like whatever oh my god i'll meet you know i'll be in my trailer waiting but as a as a director you want to kill them
0: okay before we wrap up I'd like to thank our sponsors, Boku Superfoods, the highest quality, healthiest superfood formulations on the planet. Filled with the most nutritious parts of plants, vegetables, roots, and fruits. Certified organic, kosher, and vegan. Make your own juice or smoothie in a few minutes. Just add liquid, shake it, and take it. Go to BokuSuperfoods.com and type in the promo code Barry, and you'll get 20% off everything. Boku Superfoods. Feel better inside and look better outside. And AquaTrue, the groundbreaking small countertop water purifier. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry. Get $100 off and get the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. And the groundbreaking documentary, I Killed JFK, and the additional interviews of five of the last remaining JFK assassination experts. It features the only living person in history to admit to killing President Kennedy. You can purchase these exclusively at ikilledjfk.com. When Trump says he wants to drain the swamp... What do you think's at the bottom of the swamp trust me i guarantee it will change the way you look at the world and the incredible air purifier the air doctor that removes dust pet hair mold pollen flu viruses and everything bad in your house you can save three hundred dollars right now by going to AirDoctorPro.com and entering the promo code barry and finally start breathing in clean and healthy air in your home starting today and last but not least i'd like to thank my partners at wondery they are truly amazing recently they asked me to request if you would just take a few minutes of your time to complete a short survey just go to wondery.com survey and you can do it straight from your smartphone it'd really help us out here at the show and at wondery that's wondery.com survey i really appreciate it and that wraps up part one of two episodes. You can check out the next episode this coming Thursday. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get out! Call. All the people love you Cause you're going far Life is for the dreamer. they have all to gain It's never quite over So it all feels the same You pick your own voices